views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Hello, this is Maria Monti. I am not a doctor, nor do I claim to give medical advice, treatment, or diagnosis. These segments will be covering medical information as quoted from medical doctors and other holistic practitioners in their published works, where references can be provided upon request. Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show. is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome. Welcome to our Good News segment. You know, I wish I would have been doing these interviews when I enrolled. And the reason that I say that is, here's the thing. Have you reviewed your Medicare plan? For those of you out there, have you done that? And why is that even important to do? John Hammerland, Deputy Consortium Administrator, Medicare and Children's Health Operations, joining us here today for where our Seattle region, he is going to give us up close and personal about what we could do. Step into the world of possibilities that will begin already. And you have till December 7th to make your changes to your 2019 Medicare health plan. Listen, John, thank you so much. And I really mean it. I wish I would have had this information. And so do my friends. Because to figure out how everything works is like a maze. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, let's talk about this. You know, I know Medicare open enrollment started and I know it ends. So give us an idea of the time frame and what is on your top three things that folks should know. Well, the Medicare open enrollment, as you say, started uh, on October 15th, and it ends December 7th. And it really is the chance for everyone with Medicare to review their coverage and see if they need to make any changes for next year. Um, people change and plans change each year. By that, I mean people's health needs change and their financial circumstances change. And with respect to health plans, their coverage and their prices change. So it really is incumbent on Medicare beneficiaries. They owe it to themselves to take a look each year and make sure they are in the right plan. And we have lots of tools available to help them do that. Well, first of all, I don't want to run out of time here before we tell people how they can find out about this. So number one, let's give folks information how they can find out more. There are lots of resources available. Uh, there's 1-800-MEDICARE. That's our toll-free line. They can talk to a real-life person and talk to their choices. You can also get local assistance here in Washington State from the Statewide Health Insurance Benefits Advisors, or SHEBA. Mm -hmm. And their number is 
800-242-6900. And then finally, we have a lot of online resources at medicare.gov. That's where one can find the plan finder tool that allows people to compare among the different Medicare Advantage and Part D prescription drug plans. I want to ask you this question and talk about some of the tools and what's available. You know, folks might be thinking, well, wait a minute, uh, you know, I'm good to go, I'm good to go. But, you know, here's what I'm, I'm discovering. Things change. And so I want to ask you about that. What is it that people should be most aware of now as they review their coverage? Well, they have to consider again how their health needs have changed. Mm-hmm. Do they need a new, a different prescription drug medicine than they've taken before? Or do they have some other medical needs? And of course, they have to determine if their financial circumstances have changed because different plans cost different amounts. So that's important. And then the Medicare Advantage uh, tool that we have online, the Plan Finder tool, lets you look at all the different options that are available. For example, Medicare Advantage typically offers benefits in addition to what traditional Medicare or Medicare Part A and B um, offer. So that would be things, um, you know, like uh, vision and hearing and dental and health and wellness programs. So a beneficiary might want to look and see whether they want to change from original Medicare to Medicare Advantage plan this year. Those are the sorts of calculations one has to go through every year. You know, one of the things that I was asked, and we had a big conversation about this over the holidays, so it's like no mistake we're talking about it. One of the things that happens, I think, is, um, can I just say that misunderstanding? Comment was made to me, I don't want to change anything because I'm afraid if I change from where I am, I'm not going to go back if I want to go back. So there's a lot of conversation that family members have around this that say, just stay where you are. But aren't these plans being enhanced and upgraded as we move forward? Well, the plans are enhanced um, and upgraded typically every year. Uh, Even original Medicare will offer new benefits each year. But with respect to Medicare Advantage plans, um, we have expanded benefits like adult daycare services, in-home support services, caregiver support services, um, home-based palliative care, therapeutic massage, and certain programs for people with diabetes and congestive heart failure. But you're right. Um, there is a, a, a prevailing thought that, that there isn't necessarily any need to change. Mm-hmm. And if one doesn't need to change, that's fine. They can stay in the same plan they have now, and they will simply be in that plan until the opportunity arrives next year. But I think it's really a prudent idea to take a look at the different options because, again, your health conditions could have changed and the plans could be offering different benefits. I want to talk about the tool for a minute because what I find is interesting is when people take a look at what the tool does, it does literally, it will compare plans. Can you talk about that for a minute? Because I don't even think folks know how robust this tool is. Well, the plan finder tool lets you compare plans, as you say, so you can see the exact costs that uh, those plans will charge in the particular area, so in Yakima, and um, determine the costs of both the uh, Medicare Advantage plans as well as the Part D prescription drug plans. We also have a compare coverage options tool on Medicare.gov. That asks five simple questions about what's important to you 
And then that helps point you in the right direction concerning your Medicare options. Um, we also have an estimate Medicare costs tool, which is a, an out-of-pocket cost calculator that provides um, information about uh, the different costs for the plans and prescription drug costs. And we're also offering this year a web chat to help people who are online make plan comparisons. That's in addition to 1-800-MEDICARE and the local Washington State SHIBA program. So we have lots of resources available people, to people to help them make their choices. Um, I want to ask you a couple of things. I know folks worry about the fact that, oh my gosh, uh, what if I miss the date? What if I'm out of town? What if, what if, what if? Can you give us some parameters around this? Well, the open enrollment period is an annual open window. And as we said, it began October 15th. It does close on December 7th. So if they haven't made uh, any changes to their plan at that point, they will stay with the plan they're in now for the entire next year. There's one exception to that, and that is if somebody is already in a Medicare Advantage plan and they miss the December 7th deadline, they still have from January 1 to March 31st to make a change from one Medicare Advantage plan to a different Medicare Advantage plan. So that's the one exception. Uh, there's so many things that I want to ask you about, so many things I want to talk with you about, and certainly for sure to really share with our, our, our listeners. There's also parts of looking at you know, the drug plans you have. It's not just about what happens if this happens or that happens. This is pretty much a comprehensive review of your profile. And then, as you said before, there are phone numbers to call. And I want to just mention them again, if you don't mind. Thank you for doing that. You bet. So we have our toll-free line. That is 1-800-MEDICARE. And then in Washington State, the statewide health insurance benefit advisors, and they're a part of the Department of Insurance, um, their number is 1-800-562-6900. And those people provide uh, great advice as, in addition to what you can get by calling the 1-800-Medicare number. Okay, let me ask you this last question. I know we got like a minute. What didn't I ask you that you want to share with folks today, John? Well, I think, again, that uh, in addition to people's health uh, needs changing over time, the plan's cost structure change. Mm -hmm. And um, one thing that, to note about Medicare Advantage plans is that their premiums have steadily declined since 2015. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the same for Medicare's prescription drug plans or Part D premiums. They have declined as well. And Medicare Part D, of course, is that plan that's available to people who have original Medicare, A and B, but they want to have prescription drug coverage as well. If they choose instead a Medicare Advantage plan, oftentimes they get their Part D prescription drug coverage through that Medicare Advantage plan. Mm. Oh, well, that, Again, it really helps to get on mm -hmm. the plan finder to, to yeah. make a comparison. I know. It's a, great, it's a great tool, by the way, John. It's great. Uh, last question, and thank you so much for today. What's your personal message? What do you want to leave us with today? You owe it to yourself to take some time to find out the best plan for you. And if you're intimidated at all about that, work with a family member or another caregiver and have them assist you, or you've got great resources available. The SHIBA program in Washington State provides great advice, as does 1-800-MEDICARE. I love it. Thank you, 
John Hammerlund, everybody, Deputy Consortium Administrator, Medicaid and Children's Operations, also Regional Administrator right here in our own backyard. So guess what? John knows what's going on. Let's take a short break, everyone. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome. Welcome to our good news segment. You know, many of you know that I've done research on workplace uh, emotions, on workplace crisis, uh, and what happens in the workplace at so many different levels. Today, this is, for me, one of the most groundbreaking bits of research and information that we can bring forward. New data show workplace challenges exist after a cancer diagnosis. And why does that happen? Well, Sonia Kashuk and Rebecca Nellis joining me here today. Both of them are so amazingly representing this conversation. And it is a big one. As a matter of fact, I call it one of the most important invisibility concept of our workplace history. Thank you both for joining me here today. Great to have you. Thank you for having us. And that is an incredible introduction. Thank you. Uh, I, look, let me start out with my, my statement so you can agree or disagree. Um, I have done research on crisis in the workplace, downsizing effects, you name it. But this particular conversation is almost like the conversation nobody wants to have. I want to ask each of you, this question of raising the level of awareness on the topic of cancer in the workplace. How important is it to each of you? And what is it that you personally would like to see happen? It is so important to uh, me because I have spent the last 15 years trying to get people to pay attention to this as an issue while also supporting and serving individuals who are living it in real time, whether everyone else is talking about it or not. Um, and I think that it is, a, um, um, and if you've gone through it and you've gone through it at work and your workplace was supportive, then it's a little bit more visible. And if your workplace wasn't supportive, then it's not any more visible in many ways. Um, but I think that the, the conversation around work and illness is uh, having in this country right now, Um, and it's only going to continue to be more valuable for us. The focus is cancer, and cancer is a great case study for this conversation, and we've been investing in this particular area for almost 20 years. The organization is almost 20 years old. So, But the idea that illness comes to work is critical for people to understand so that we can do a better job supporting people through that. Yeah, and I just want to say to our listeners, Rebecca, of course, is executive director of Cancer and Careers, and Sonia, of course, is a breast cancer survivor. So, you know, what I call, we have the one-two punch to best represent, you know, the, what I call the full spectrum of multi-dynamics that happens when somebody has an illness, but specifically cancer in the workplace. This is so important. We don't even understand this. Can we talk a little bit about your personal experience as a breast cancer survivor? I don't want to represent you, but I don't think the public quite understands what happens to you over and above having cancer. (laughs) I think that, you know, work for all of us is such an important 
part of both what we do and who we are. And it, you know, I, I, I've heard the saying before, it's not what I do. It, it's, it's not who I am. It's what I do. But oftentimes it, it is who I am and it is what I do. And so I think that work plays such an integral role and to think about how do I navigate this? And I am incredibly proud to be a part of Cancer and Careers and to witness the work that Cancer and Careers is doing to open the conversation, let it be heard about how it can be difficult and how challenging How do you believe? And what are an individual's rights? What do you need to know? Uh, what do you need to share? And that it really has, I sit back and I'm just incredibly proud of this organization and helping, like, seeing the work that it's doing to help so many people. Mm-hmm. I've sat in the seminars. I've heard the questions. I've heard the concerns. Um, it, it, it's just, you know, and listening to you speak about this, it just, it's, it makes my heart quite full. Yeah, I got to tell you, it's bold. We're not talking about it enough. And this is why I'm so excited about this interview. I know it's short. So I want to get to some of the, the information. Um, many folks need to see information, data, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, some kind of poll that says, yeah, it's a reality. Now, the three of us know it is a reality. And there are what I like to call workplace side effects. That's what I like to call it. Workplace side effects. Um, can you share some of the data that was released? Can you share some of the information that you're bringing forth here, if you if you don't mind? Would that be you, Rebecca? Absolutely, that would be me. Thank okay. you, <laughs> and, and I'm and I'm thrilled to. Um, and you're right. You know, we don't we don't want to be too bogged down in data, but we also don't want to have none, which is why we commission this poll every year with mm-hmm. Harris. Um, because, of course, we can tell you what we hear every day on the ground in communities talking to people, but also we need to be able to pull that to the level and say, here's what we're hearing, um, bigger picture. And so in this year's poll, um, some things that really stand out that I think are, are important and valuable both for patients and survivors to know so they know that they're not alone in their thinking and their feelings, but also for employers and coworkers to understand the importance. So 74% of patients and survivors who were, who were surveyed this year agree that people living with cancer want to work. Yeah. And 69% agreed that work aids in their treatment and recovery. Yep. So think about how profound it is to think that the workplace is aiding, is improving their well-being in some way. Um, I think that's really important for people to be aware of and to, to not automatically assume that if someone is diagnosed with cancer, they don't want to work. They don't want to contribute. They don't want to participate in that. Certainly, we hear in the survey shows it that Paycheck, finances, health insurance are key drivers to needing to work. Absolutely. They're key drivers for all of us needing to work. Um, But we also hear that it helps to feel normal and productive and because they feel well enough. Um, And so what I feel the survey does is help to uh, push back on some of the misperceptions of what someone would want, uh, some of the assumptions we make about people Mm -hmm. when they're going through something like this. Yeah, one of our hosts, actually, Susan DiLorenzo, uh, is uh, a, uh, a, an advocate. You know, her uh, groundbreaking work on changing, uh, you know, going from adversity 
uh, to advantage her work, and she does a, a show with us every uh, every week, is all about this, to really talk about this and to talk about how important. But you said something very interesting, and I don't want to blow by it, and would love to hear from Sonia. I got very, very sick in 04. I mean, one day I was healthy, April 1st I wasn't. The fact that I had just bought airtime and started this journey 15 years ago, this saved my life. It saved my life. Mm. And I don't know why we have this <clears throat> stigma around people, especially folks that have cancer, one, not wanting to work, two, not being able to work, and three, not being able to contribute. I, you know, that's why this is so important to me. We have got to bust that myth ASAP, Sonia, right? We agree. And I think, you know, as slowly, very, very slowly, I think the word cancer is changing. It is no longer at all a death sentence. It is, a, you know, survival mode for sure, and that we've seen great success. And, um, it, you know, it changed dramatically, I think. I remember hearing the word cancer, and it just, that's all, I, I just kept going over and over and over and over again in my head. And, you know, but it doesn't, doesn't define us. It is something that we deal with, but it, it totally does not define mm -hmm. who we are or does or the impact it has on our life. It, it, we're able to go on and live our life full um, and to engage in work. And that work, as for me as well, was a savior. I mean, it, it gave me the opportunity to focus on something other than me and what I was about to, the journey I was going to be going on. And it gave me a sense of normalcy. It, it wasn't that, you know, you were labeled one way. I was still Sonia Kashuk, um, involved in the beauty world, trying to educate women on beauty. But now I had the ability to educate women on what I was experiencing through breast cancer. So I was outspoken about it. It gave me another opportunity to share. And for me, it, to be outspoken about it. Not, it, everybody's journey is different. And some people are not comfortable talking about it for me that helped me. Yeah. So I, I think it, there's no right or wrong, but for me, it was, it was super helpful to, um, to share my journey mm -hmm. and to be outspoken about it. Yeah. Uh, uh, for me, I, I was in the same boat, except I didn't have something that the world knew about. I, I had something that the world now knows about. Um, but at the time, right. nobody was talking about Lyme disease. And even to this day, chronic Lyme disease is not re recognized. So there's something about us changing the landscape of what we do by speaking out. Let's talk again about the survey. And I want to know from each of you, because we know we have a few minutes left. Um, what do we want to tell employers? What do we want to tell HR teams? And, and the other thing is, you know, is there a way to talk about this in the workplace? You know, is there a way when somebody, you know, comes back to work and mostly everybody knows, right? There's no like secret. Is there a way to sit down with folks and say, hey, this is who I am, right? You know, this is something that's going on in my body. It doesn't define me. How do we address that, Rebecca, Sonia? I think it really depends on the person. There actually are quite a few people who don't share this at work. Yep. Or if they've shared, they've only shared with one person. So I think it's incredibly important to underscore that that's a personal decision and then a lot of decisions follow on from what that person has chosen to do about 
disclosure preferences, sharing their information. So I think that's really key. Employers and HR can do a better job on the whole Mm -hmm. uh, reviewing policies and procedures to make sure they actually help someone going through a cancer experience or another um, medical condition or major illness or or the like. Um, So it's not just something you have on paper, but you know how it would be activated and you know what it would look like for that to happen across the team, for instance. Mm -hmm. It's also really important that they communicate the, the things that are in place already and that they're open to talking about the things that someone might need if they aren't in place. They need to understand their obligations under the law. All of those things are really critical, um, and I think most employers, particularly large employers, feel that they have people on staff who have a handle on all of that. What happens typically is um, they haven't really gone through that whole pathing mm-hmm. process to think about what it really would be like to put those benefits in mm-hmm. place, and they haven't necessarily trained their supervisors, their frontline managers, right. on what to do if someone comes in the door and discloses to them instead of to HR. And that's assuming the organization has an HR team to begin with. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of places where communication gets complicated yeah. um, and that that's a real key opportunity for employers. Mm-hmm. And it's all about, in the end, good business because you're retaining valued employees. You're showing that you're a supportive workplace. You're activating those enticements that brought you the talent to begin with. So it's got value all the way around. And can you, before we uh, skip out of time here, uh, could you just tell folks how they can find out more about this and also about your organization and what your organization is doing? Absolutely. So I would direct people to the Cancer and Careers website, which is cancerandcareers.org, where you will find information if you're a coworker, an employer, a patient, a survivor, a caregiver. We have free programs and services all over the country, mm-hmm. in person, virtual, in print, but also a resource directory where people can find information about other organizations and groups who are also addressing unique parts of this overall problem. Thank you. I've got about a minute left, maybe less. And I wanted to hear from you, uh, Sonia, if you could just give us your personal message here. And thank you both for this. Uh, My personal message is don't let cancer define you. Mm. Um, It's something you can overcome. And that, you know, I think when first facing it, it just is completely throws your world upside down. But you are able to get through it and be strong and your life that the word cancer does fade within time and that your life will resume um, within time mm-hmm. and you you gain and you grow a lot and then you realize how the opportunity is put in front of you to help others. Oh, wow. Thank you both. For those of you out there, cancerandcareers.org. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. 